How many of you are excited about the new year? Yeah? I'm somewhat in between. <laughs> you know, as, I don't know if you're like me, but as you look back over 2017, I'm not sure everyone here can say that it was smooth sailing. If you can, God bless you and we celebrate you. Amen? Uh, but many of you have experienced some ups and then some downs, some valleys. Uh, but the one constant that I'm sure of is that God has been faithful. And we can look back and celebrate his faithfulness. Um, before I get into the message today, I see so many young people here and uh, glad to have you joining us this morning. Um, that I want to let you know that you are precious in God's sight and that God has great things in store for you little people. <laughs> great things. And uh, stay committed to him. Keep hanging in there. It's good to see you all at church um, and excited about coming too. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, but for you middle schoolers and high schoolers, I want to remind you that the big chill is coming up. And I believe that the 13th of January is the deadline. And so you got to let your parents know they got to get those registrations in. And so we'd love to have your young people join us. If you know a young person um, that you really want to see them get plugged in and connected and even just grow in their relationship with God, uh, the big chill is a, a good event to invite them to. They're getting away out of their normal environment and they're going to be a way to spend time with the Lord and spend time with leaders uh, who love them and who give them space to encounter God, but also to process that. And they have lots of fun in between. So I'd uh, love for you to get those registrations in. Now, as we embark on the new year, I was praying about what to share this morning. And so I'll say this off the top that I don't have this huge teaching this morning. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'll do in two parts, and it's, more, it's meant to be more reflective. And um, our text this morning, we're going to look at um, a young lady in the, in the scriptures who provides for us a model or an example. And as I was thinking about uh, this young woman, um, I thought about uh, this theologian, uh, Thomas Hopko, who I had the chance to hear speak and this young woman that I'm referring to is Mary. And he referred to Mary as the new Eve. Now, oftentimes, in a joking way, uh, women will get a bad rap for the Old Testament story of Eve. Um, but I heard Thomas Hopko say something that just blew my mind. He said that if you look in Genesis at the story of Eve, you see the power of a woman who says no to God. But then when you look in the Gospels, you see the power of a woman who says yes to God. And we see that, you know, Adam and Eve and their disobedience, it threw the world into chaos. But, when we, but through the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph, their yes, we see that they make way for God who is putting the world to rights through Jesus. And so we're going to look at Mary and glean some things from her life and just ask the Holy Spirit to just really speak to us about how we can prepare uh, for the new year. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Luke, the first chapter. 
Luke 1, and we'll begin reading at verse 26. Luke 1, 26. We spent enough time in the book of Luke that everybody should know where it is, right? <laughs> no. So um, in verse 26, it reads, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As I look at this story, I see a young woman who is making plans to be married. She's engaged, and I don't know, you know, if her and Joseph have had the opportunity to talk about, oh, we're going to have, you know, four kids. Yeah, we're going to, you know, you're going to be making stuff out of wood. We're going to have it going on. I don't know, you know, <laughs> what kind of planning or things that they're thinking about. But there is some anticipation there looking forward to this day of when they are married. And all of a sudden, you know, in the midst of their planning, God shows up. He sends the angel Gabriel to say, hey, I've got another plan. And he tells Mary that his plans for her are different from her original plans. And I want to pause right there because I know that as we go into the new year, many of us are thinking about the old year about things that we accomplished, things that we didn't. And as we look forward to the new year, we're praying about, oh man, these are things that I hope to achieve. These are things that I want to accomplish uh, because we should be thinking about how to be good stewards of our time. We really should. But I would love for us to pause 
and ask God if he may not have other plans. It's a bad thing to come up with plans without including God or without consulting him. You know, yeah, it's, it's much easier. I, I, I do this too, of come up with a plan. Okay, Lord, this is how you're going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. Amen. <laughs> but it really doesn't work like that in the kingdom. This is all about God. This is God's story. He is writing the beginning and the end. He's already wrote it. And he's inviting us into an opportunity to be a part of his bigger story. I think the trouble with some of us is that the stories that we live in are too small. My career, my success, my goals, my vision, my dreams. And God is trying to shake us out of the bubble of our small stories to get us to accept the invitation to be a part of his larger story. Now, we know that ultimately what God is up to is putting the world to rights through Jesus Christ, his son. All the crooked places will be made straight. You know, every valley is going to be exalted and every mountain is going to be made low and it's going to be an even plain. He's going to put everything to right. He's going to make all things new. But he's saying to you and I that he has a role for us to play in it that we don't have to sit on the sidelines and watch, but just like Mary, he's given us an invitation to be a part of it. What will your response be? Mary, first of all, when the angel showed up and said, you know, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. You know, she didn't get all excited. She was just like, wait, hold on now. <laughs> What's going on? Tell me, give me the real deal. And the angel says to her, look, don't be afraid. It's all good. You know, some of us are fearful about letting God in on our plans. Because some of us believe, you know, oh, if I, if I, if I consult God about this, he's going to make me address the thing that I don't want to address. Or he's going to deal with the things that I don't want to deal with. Or he may ask me to do something that I'm not and particularly fond of doing. And God's plan for us are all, it's always good. We may not understand it on this side, but sometimes we just have to go on through to the other side to see, oh God, I never could have imagined that it would be that good. I didn't know that you were up to that. God's plans for us are always good. I believe that God wants us to move from having just good ideas, good visions, and good dreams to God ideas, God visions, and God dreams. He wants us to get beyond of just having merely good ideas to having the God ideas. And to have those God ideas, we must posture ourselves like Mary did. Mary said after hearing it all, she had some questions like, first of all, how are you going to do this? And he said, you know what? The Holy Spirit is going to make this possible. But what I need from you, for you to do is to surrender. And Mary's posture is this, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. That's the position of surrender. 
That's the posture of surrender. I wonder if going into the new year, before we write down plans, before we put them in cement and stone, what if we could come to God with a posture of surrender saying, okay, Lord, this year, I'm yours. My gifts, my abilities, my talents, everything that I own, I'm yours. Lord, what do you want me to do in this new year? What do you want to do through me? There's this old school word uh, that I don't hear a lot of, but it's an old school word and it's called consecration. And this has to do with setting yourself apart for a special use. And as believers, we are supposed to live a consecrated life where it's, okay, I belong to God. You know, there are certain things that I hold myself apart from or from distance at because I belong to him. My life is his, and I want him to get the glory out of my life. As I look back over my life, I realize that surrender isn't a one-time deal. You know, yes, I surrender when I make that initial decision to follow Jesus, yes. But there's been many points in my life where God has brought me to a place of surrender. I'll give you two, two quick stories. Once was, I remember praying in my devotional time, was praying through Psalm 2, and all of a sudden, as I was praying through Psalm 2, if you don't know about that psalm, it's talking about why have the kings of the earth set themselves up against God's anointed? And why are they coming against God? And so as I was praying that, this, was, this had to be in 2000, 2001. Um, I, all of a sudden, I just started to get Haiti in my mind. And I started to pray for Haiti. And all of a sudden, I started to say to myself, oh, wait a minute. I hope he's not trying to send me to Haiti. <laughs> and I'm praying for Haiti because... You know, I'm sensing that this is what's on God's heart. And so I'm at Bible college. This is happening on a Friday morning. Um, and then, you know, later on in the day, we go to chapel that Friday. And that chapel was a missionary Friday. And they would always take up an offering and send it to a missionary. And so I'll never forget, I'm sitting there with my buddies. And I, was, I told them about this experience the president, he gets up and he says, today, you know, we're going to raise an offering and we just decided a few minutes ago of where we're going to send it. Uh, at that moment, I looked at my buddy, buddies because I knew deep within, I said, that money's going to Haiti. And they were looking at me like, and then the president said, we're going to send it to our missionaries in Haiti. And it blew my mind, like, oh, Lord. But there was still a hesitancy on my part to pray because I'm like, I don't know if that's where God wants to send me. Well, needless to say, months later, one of the deans on the campus came to me. He says, hey, uh, Gerald, we're putting together a team to send to Haiti, and we really feel that you should be a part of it. I was able to go be a part of that team. I was fearful of going initially, but God did some great things. God ministered to me more than I was able to minister to them, and I really had no reason to be fearful. It was just the enemy. But God's plans are always good. Second story I want to share with you about surrender. After I graduated from, from Bible college, um, I had my plan in place where I was going to go uh, back to Chicago and get involved with ministry. 
It was already made, already had it planned out. You know, it was, it was a set, done deal. Well, one day God decides to interrupt that and through a mentor of mine, God speaks to me, he says, hey, you're not going back to Chicago. You need to stay here. God wants to do some more. You've got to finish some schooling. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I mean, I was mad with my mentor. He's, he's a man of God, high on my list, but I was angry at him. And what I really wanted to say that I didn't say was, who do you think you are? And I, you know, I had to swallow it, went to my room, prayed, and I was like, all right, Lord, whatever. After that time, you know, I was looking for work because I just started. My family, Jessica and I, had got married. And I normally had no problem finding a job. But the only job that I could find was cutting grass on the campus of the Bible college. Now, what's funny about this is I have really severe allergies when it comes to cutting grass. And this is the only job I can find. And so one day I'm cutting grass and I've got the little mask on so I'm not breathing in all of the allergens or whatever. And I am so angry. I'm like cutting this grass. I'm fuming. I'm letting God have it, giving him a piece of my mind. And very quietly, I hear God speak these words to me. Son, Satan's way is exaltation before humility. My way is humility before exaltation. See, we don't know the deeper things that God is after, but every once in a while, God is faithful to bring us to a place of surrender where he says, lay your agenda down and take up mine. And I promise you, his is much better than ours. I'm gonna ask the band to come and here's why I'm going to leave you for a few minutes. But I want you to really think about surrendering. I don't know if you've already made your plans, but my challenge to you would just to posture yourself, would be to posture yourself a little different and just to surrender again and say, God, I know you already know, but here I am again. I belong to you. Here's my life. Do with it what you will in this year to come. Amen.
your way. Let that be our posture going into the new year.
I just get a picture in my mind right now at this moment of how this must look to God to see his people saying, Lord, here we are, we're yours. Have your way. And I really believe that God is actually attracted to people who are surrendered. As you look through the scriptures, you don't find those people who were used by God, who didn't have a posture of surrender. And we all get there differently, but we all do come to a place of surrender. But here's the good thing, is that surrender paves the way for empowerment. Mary said, how is this ever going to happen? And he says, well, the Holy Spirit is going to come up on you. And he's going to overshadow you. It's not much different than what he said to his disciples. When before he ascended and he said, look, I'm sending you out to make disciples here and all over the world. But before you do, I need you to wait. Wait in the upper room until you're clothed or you're empowered or immersed in the Holy Spirit. And see, this is the good thing about surrender. When we're surrendered to God, we now increase our capacity to be filled with his power. Because the truth is, is that we can't do God's work without his power. I mean, we're, we're some capable people. We can do some good things. But whatever we do in our own strength, it would be like those people who were building the, the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament. They were trying to do something in their own strength, but they were making a name for themselves. And God says, no, I, anybody that's trying to make a name for themselves, they're, they're opposing me. They're setting themselves up against me. He says, I, I got to mess that up. But in Acts, those who are waiting with a surrendered posture, he says, oh, my spirit can come and fill them and, and enable them to do things that they didn't even think that they could do. Don't go for the things that you know that you can do for you in your own strength. And hear me when I say this. Yes, we should set goals, goals that are attainable, goals that are realistic. But God is going to call his people to do things that are beyond them because it takes his strength and his power to accomplish them. And so when we live like this, be it unto me according to your word, Lord, I'm surrendering. And if that looks like 15 minutes in the morning, if that looks like morning and evening devotions where you're saying, you know what, this year I'm going to make these mark moments in my life where I'm going to posture myself just to surrender. Before I hear from anybody else, before I hear from my favorite news people, before I hear from my ESPN sports analysts, before I hear from my wife or my kids, I'm going to posture myself to hear from God. Because I want to live a surrendered life because God wants to accomplish great things through his people. 
but he's more concerned about the condition of our hearts, which is, yeah, Lord. So many people, they want the power of the Holy Spirit because they want to see miracles happen. They want to see all of these things happen. And I want to see those things happen too. But more importantly, I want my heart to be aligned with God's. God, I want to do what you're doing because it's only those things that have lasting impact. You know, we can come up with some pretty good things to do, but you know, Jesus, one time, he was at Peter's house. His mother, Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Jesus healed her. She got up and she started serving them. People heard that Jesus was at Peter's crib and they all came and they were flocking. Jesus did great miracles. He was healing people. Early in the morning, the next day, they couldn't find Jesus. He was somewhere praying, and they were like, they were in panic mode because there's like, Jesus, there's more people here to pray for. There's more miracles to be done. And you know what Jesus says to, the, to them when they find him? He says, uh, you know what, we're going to go over here. And he doesn't go back there to do that. Why? Because he's in tune with his father. And he knows, I could get caught up in the hype, but I didn't come for hype. I came for the Father's will and for the Father's glory. There are so many things, so many good and wonderful things that could distract us. But we want to be a focused people who are focusing on doing what God is doing. Because that's, that's where the miracles are, is where God is working. That's where I want to be working. Because anytime that you're working against God or what, against God, what God is doing, you're going to find yourself moving in your own strength and you're going to grow weary and you're going to burn out. But when you're doing the things that God is requiring of you, you're going to find yourself being resting in his presence, but also knowing him more because really that's what it's all about. Our first call really isn't to do things for him, it's to be with him. And in the surrendered posture, we're saying, Lord, I love you. I just want to know your heart. <laughs> I'm not so much concerned about what you can do for me. I just want to be with you. Even if you don't say anything with me today, just let me just sense your presence and be with you. That's the surrendered posture. And may we be a people who go into 2018 with surrendered hearts. Because everything else will follow that. When God, quote by D.L. Moody, the world has yet to see what God can do through a man or a woman whose heart is fully yielded to him. Still remains to be seen. God hasn't even shown his best hand yet. And I've got a feeling that we're a part of that best hand when he reveals it, if we've got surrendered hearts. So I'm not saying don't make plans, just hold them like this. <laughs> don't hold them like this <laughs> or like this, because you'll lose that one, right? <laughs> but just like this, Lord, this is what's on my heart. You know the scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. He'll make it straight. Amen. As we move forward into a, a time of communion.
we are surrendering to a God who gave us everything. He gave us his only begotten son. And so when we partake of these elements this morning, let the posture of your heart be, Lord, I'm grateful that you laid down everything on my behalf. And so I'm going to lay down my life right now. You know, Jesus didn't decide to die when they caught him and put him on the cross. No, he decided to die long before that. He already laid down his life. And so in this moment, as we partake of the elements, I'm going to call for the ushers to come and to begin to pass them out. Let's just reflect on, hey, here's a God who's given me his all. I'm going to give my all for him. As you receive those elements, wait, I'll come back up and we'll partake together.
body transforms that food to make it a part of our body for energy and for whatever we need. But when we come to the table like this, the Holy Spirit is able to work and to transform us. And we become what we eat. And so symbolically, we are feeding on the life of Christ, which we need to live. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and he broke it. And he said, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. Afterwards, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood that is shed for you. Let us drink together. In the tradition of grace, and even on that night, after they had partook, they sung a hymn. Please stand and sing with us.
that God has been tugging on your heart for a while now and today just happens to be your day that you hear him and so in the day that you hear him harden not your heart but we would like to invite you if you're not a believer in Jesus and you're saying you know what I've got to make today I've got to mark the moment please come down and we'd love to pray with you and help get you connected to the Lord you may be here and you may be Uh, dealing with some things that you want prayer for. It could be sickness. It could be prayer for a burden that's on your heart. Please don't leave this place. Come up to the front. We have people who are ready to partner with you in prayer, who are ready to lift those requests up before the Lord. And so as we prepare to leave, let us go with hearts that are surrendered. Let us say, Lord, here we are, Our hearts, minds, and our bodies, they belong to you. Now unto him who is able to do far abundantly above all we could ask, imagine, or think according to his power that is working within us. May he keep us, may he walk with us, And may we find him faithful in 2018. God bless you and be blessed.